Hey everyone, and welcome back to the DM Us podcast, episode six. I'm Dane. And I'm Meg. And this week, we're exploring the strange disappearance of 21-year-old university student, Maura Murray. Mm, Yep, this is a really popular case on the internet, and I have spent the last two weeks researching it, so hopefully I've done it justice. Hopefully we're in a good one. It's a bit of a long one, so hopefully you guys just have this playing on in the background while you're doing something. Yeah, we're going to split it into two parts, and I'll put the links um, in the description box because... Description and show notes. Yeah, you can really go down a rabbit hole with this case, which I did, and Uh, it was pretty intense. So if you want all the details, then you'll have to look. Let's get into it. So... Maura's disappearance was one of the first and is still one of the most popular missing persons cases on the internet. One reason for this was um, Facebook had come out just days before Maura went missing, as well as online sleuths and armchair detectives getting involved, which is fine and it's good that people are discussing these cases, but it's created a lot of misinformation out there on the internet. I've done a lot of research into this case over the last couple of weeks, and I'd highly recommend a podcast called Missing Maura Murray, where you can find heaps of in-depth information and discussion about this case. Yeah, so if you guys are intrigued by what you're hearing from us, then definitely check that out if you want to know more. Yep. All right, so let's start with some background on Maura. Maura Murray was born on the 4th of May, 1982, in Brockton, Massachusetts. She grew up in Hanson with her parents, Fred and Laurie, and her siblings, older brother Fred Jr., sisters Kathleen and Julie, and younger stepbrother Curtis. Her parents divorced when she was six, but this didn't deter her from becoming an overachiever academically and athletically. She was top of her class at high school and played most sports like basketball and was at the top state level in running and cross-country. After high school, she decided to join her sister Julie at the United States Military Academy at West Point, which was a tough but prestigious school. She continued to excel in school and on the university's track and cross-country team, although in her second year she decided the military wasn't for her, so she transferred to the University of Massachusetts in Amherst to do nursing. She was close with her family, especially her dad Fred, who frequently visited her on campus. She met Billy Roush at West Point, and they started dating in 2001. After Maura left West Point, they began a long-distance relationship, and apparently they were talking about getting married before Maura's disappearance. And Maura had a tight group of friends from both university and high school. Her family describes her as talented in everything she did, and Billy's mum described Maura as fun-loving and that she loved life. Maura's friends describe her as very adventurous. One of her friends actually recalls a time in high school when she wanted to just go off and do something different. So she got on a train and went to Boston and then came back at the end of the day and her friends were all trying to track her down. So I think that's a good thing to keep in mind that she has yeah. been known to kind of just want to get away and yeah, got a little brother like be independent. That. <laughs> <laughs> just like goes on holidays by himself, not with anyone. Yeah. Um, not my cup of tea, but there are people who just like yeah, to they do like the, to be that kind of thing. By themselves. Yeah, experience it. Yeah. 
So it's important to note, I think, that according to Maura's roommate at West Point, it was widely known that she had bulimia. And also at West Point, she was dismissed because she had violated the code of conduct conduct by stealing a small amount of makeup. Uh, so I'm guessing you're not allowed makeup in like the army, military. No, she stole school. it. Oh right. I think so they you have can um. Have it, but you just, yeah, I think she... they have mil- like shops there that oh, okay. for the military, and then yeah. she must have stole something yeah, okay. from the shop. Um. Then on November third, two thousand and three. Maura got into trouble for credit card fraud at University of Massachusetts, which is called UMass. So we'll just call it that from now on. Yeah. Um, it was improper use of a credit card under $250. And she said she found a credit card receipt in the bin with the card number on it and actually Googled it. And you can, back in the day, yeah. um, they made like a carbon copy of your card when you scanned uh, it, I think right. is how I interpreted it. So there was a time when the credit card number could be on a receipt yeah Yeah. um but she was only using it to order fast food to her dorm room um no one knows if she was buying food for just herself or for two people but it did seem like a lot of food for one person and keep in mind she does have bulimia so she could have been binge eating yeah fair enough yep and um also, it's important to note that Maura's phone was actually a gift from Billy, so he would receive um, the bill and in turn he could access the phone record. So that's how most of the final timeline is formed through her phone records that, yeah, that his family had access to. So yeah. we know that it's pretty legit. Now, we're going to go through this information in the form of a timeline. So let's go back to Thursday, February 5th, 2004. As we go through this timeline, I've seen some variations. So just keep in mind that it may not be exact, but we've done our best to go through uh, various sources to get this information. Thursday, February 5th, 2004. At 7.17pm, Maura talks to Billy on her phone for about 20 minutes while at work. She worked on campus, and at the time, she was the receptionist at the front desk of a dorm room. It was part of the security, checking IDs and signing people in as they came into the dorms. Apparently, she spoke to him four times between 7 and 10 p.m., although she wasn't supposed to be on her phone. We're not sure about what they spoke about. Now at 10.10 p.m., Maura speaks to her sister Kathleen on the phone for about half an hour. Kathleen later states that they were talking about her then-husband. We're not sure if the series of calls were related. She said Maura didn't seem upset or sad. Now we're in Friday, February 6, 2004, because her, I believe her shift finished around 2am. Early Friday morning, around 12.07am, Maura calls Billy and the call lasts for seven minutes. Around 1am, later into Maura's shift, Karen, Maura's supervisor, states that someone told her she should go and check on Maura. She said Maura was staring out the window not even looking or talking to Karen. Then when Karen asked what was wrong, Maura just said, my sister, and began to cry. Karen described the whole encounter as awkward because Maura wouldn't say anything or talk to anyone, and usually she would. So she seemed really upset, and Karen was pretty worried. Yeah, could it be because uh, maybe her sister was having husband problems, marital problems? 
Yeah, so that's what so a lot of people upset. believe because Karen says that she saw she didn't see Mora on the phone, but she saw her phone next to her. Yeah. So she figured or she just assumed that she had just been on the phone and then now she's upset. Yeah. But people tend to say like why would her sister's problems make her that upset? I don't know, maybe she was really caring. Yeah, but that's possible. You just don't know. Or maybe something was happening with Billy because she was calling Billy as well. Yeah, that's true. But then um, she said my sister. That's true, yeah. A lot of people debate whether she just said that. Um, just to kind of you know when you're upset and you don't want to talk to anyone and you just just need like a scapegoat answer. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's it could definitely have been her sister. But um Karen said that moral yeah, she was just you know when you're upset and you're just somewhere else. You're not paying yeah. attention. You don't want to be there. Yeah, you're, um, you're just thinking, constantly thinking about something else. So you, yeah. you kind of switch off, go into autopilot. Yeah, switched off. That's definitely a good word. So, um, yeah, Mora wasn't really paying attention to people coming in and out of the dorm, which was a security risk. So yeah. Karen says, um, I'll take you back to your dorm room, which was nice of her because she states later on that she was like that concerned about how upset she was that she walked her back to her dorm room to make sure she was okay. So they walk back to the dorm yeah. and Maura doesn't say anything. Um, and then also um, Maura had two sisters. So we're not sure which, which sister? sister she's referring to. Yeah. Um, keep that in mind as well. But yeah, um, yeah she takes her back to her dorm room and she says, I'm really worried about leaving you alone. Are you going to be okay? And Maura says, I have a roommate. Um, but actually, she didn't have a roommate. She lived by herself. But um, again, that could have just been, like, I'm upset. I don't want to talk to yeah, anyone. I'm fine, you know, leave alone. me alone. And then Karen tells her manager how worried she is about Maura and that Maura went home because she was upset. Yeah. Um, so there's a few people that have kind of, seen this and can corroborate it again because a lot of people think that the karen's the only one that saw this so uh, she okay. might be lying but i think it's important to keep in mind just for the timeline yep um around 12 20 a.m a student patrit bassi was found having been hit by a car on campus so there are various theories that Mora might have hit him by accident while she was on her break and that's why she was so upset and yes, she did have a dent in her car, but there is no evidence whatsoever that this is true. And he did survive, but he doesn't remember what happened. And this is just purely an online theory that people have put out there and there's like no link between it all, but it just kind of fits together. But she was on the phone and yeah. how could she have been in this accident? I wonder, um, you just got to wonder, like it's the middle of the night, where would she be going on her break? Yeah, and, like, she was on the phone to Billy at 12.07 a.m. And then at 12.20, he was found. So I guess she could have hit him earlier in the night. Yeah. But um, that's just purely a theory that, like, the online sleuths have put together. Yeah, so there's, there's not there's much no, content, no evidence, evidence against it. whatsoever that it's true. And I believe even Patrice says that he didn't think it was her. Right. But anyways, that's, it's just something to note, and it's something that you'll see a lot of people talk about in connection with this case. Yeah. Um, she then makes 
a two-minute call to Domino's Pizza at 3.40 a.m. Probably getting some food. Yeah, she was maybe just hungry. Obviously, she was upset, so, you know, sometimes when you're upset, you just yeah. want to eat some pizza. And this is, like, I don't, Domino's, I highly doubt, had an app out there. No. To order, so you'd have to call them up. Yeah, you'd have to call them up. And, um, yeah, I've I've worked late before at various jobs, and... I do, like, get I get hungry after, after you get shift, home. Even yeah. if it's, like, 2 a.m., yeah. 1 a.m., yeah, I always wanted to eat dinner. And then that day, so we're still on Friday, February 6th, classes were cancelled because it was snowing. And there's no phone activity from Maura until 6.01 p.m. when she calls her voicemail. Um, then at 6.13 p.m., she received a call that lasted for 17 minutes, and we don't know who that was. Then at 10.02pm, Maura called Fort Sill in Oklahoma, where Billy was stationed, and they spoke for 10 minutes, it seems. 10 minutes, it seems. But yeah, I think, I don't think it's alarming that there was no phone activity. She seems like a bit of a night owl, as you'll see. Yeah. She's up during the night, and it's probably because of her job, and then she seems to sleep in for most of the morning and then she, you know there's phone activity towards the afternoon and evening and then she stays up late yeah and i think that's normal for a university student yeah i think you're right and i suppose most of your time wouldn't be using the phone and be with other students interacting with them yeah yeah i don't think it's weird but you see a lot of this in the timeline she's out up really late at night and then you don't really see any activity until like the next afternoon yeah it's kind of hard if like if that's your shift work and you're staying up really late you do yeah. spend uh t tend to spend most of the next day sleeping yeah trying to gather back the sleep you didn't get throughout the night mm. now this brings us to the next day saturday february 7th 2004 so fred drives to amherst to visit maura at umass for the weekend around midday Fred states that Mora's 1996 black Saturn was run down and they were going to look for a new car for Mora. That was the main reason for his visit and he usually went to see Mora once a month to hang out, which her friends said was a normal occurrence since they were so close. We think it's interesting to point out her car was only seven years old, mm. but maybe she didn't take care of it or get it properly serviced, uh, which could cause it to run down. Yeah. Her family and friends did state that the car was run down and they had given her a AAA long-distance towing membership because they were concerned. Although they didn't end up buying a car that weekend, Fred, Maura, and Maura's friend Kate all went to dinner that night at a local pub. Apparently, Kate says they didn't mention going car shopping at all, which some people find strange because normally when you're at dinner, you kind of tend to talk about your day. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I think I always... Yeah. At least ask the person I'm with, like, well, what did you get up to today? But maybe it's possible that they didn't. I guess so. But you'd also think, but like, it is weird. if they were going car shopping and they saw cars, they would talk a little bit more about the cars they saw, what yeah. her options, what she wanted to do next, you Definitely. know, what kind of car she's going to keep looking for. But mm. anyway. Uh, but yeah, there's also no accounts from any car dealerships that they saw Fred and Maura. Uh, the only proof is at 4.13 p.m., uh, when they called Reliance Auto. Mm -hmm. Now, apparently, after dinner, Fred took the girls to a liquor store because they were going to a party later. And it's not known if Fred waited in the car or if he went in with them, although Fred does tell police he went in because he told them to hurry up 
and pick something so they could get back to the dorm. <laughs> but they say that uh, Fred's story changes, so we're not sure. Yeah. Now, Maura calls Kate around 9pm. Fred is staying at a motel in Amherst, and Maura drops him off there because she takes his new car back to her dorm to go to this party. Yeah, a lot of people always are asking why did he lend her his new car. Yes, weird, but I guess if... Um, when she's going having... to... Like, she's just bought alcohol, and then it's like, yeah, you can take my car. But, I, True. you know, he probably just trusted her. Yeah, and... Like, apparently, how the story goes, her car wasn't really that reliable. Yeah. So maybe he just felt better, you know, yeah. they're close, you know. Take my car. Yeah, he could sleep easy knowing that she she had a reliable car, at least. Yeah, that's true. According to Kate, her and Maura arrive at their friend Sarah's dorm at around 11pm. Her friends at the party claim they don't remember who Maura was talking to, and some even describe the so-called party as a small get-together in Maura's friend's dorm room. Not a crazy party. It is possible that Sarah had friends that Maura and Kate had never met, or people were drinking and hanging out and they didn't take much notice. Then, years later, they couldn't remember that night. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, if you asked me to remember who was at a party from yeah, years no ago... Yeah, there's no going to remember everyone. Because you kind of just, like, with your friends... Especially if you've all you been know, drinking. Yeah, um, unless they're involved in something weird... Yeah, some and kind just of event that you'd remember. Not saying, but otherwise, I think, and um, yeah, I think that's totally normal. Yeah, and yeah, it's totally possible that Sarah had people that she knew, but Maura and Kate didn't know. Yeah, and... especially in university, like there's so many yeah. different like friend circles, kind of people that you know from different places. Yeah. So now we'll go into Sunday, February eighth, the early hours. Kate says they leave Sarah's dorm around 2.30 a.m. on Sunday morning because Maura said she had to go and return her dad's car, which some people say is weird because, well, you know, couldn't you just wait until the morning? Yeah, but, especially if she was drinking. Yeah. Um, some people say she left alone, and others say she left with a guy, but no one knows who this supposed guy was. Right. Um, then at 3.33am, the police received a call about an accident. Just note that it didn't take an hour to get back to the motel, so there is some time unaccounted for there between them leaving Sarah's dorm at 2.30am and 3.30am when the police received the call. And I'm pretty sure that, like, um, Kate would have just gone back to her dorm. And um, so they must have parted ways. Yeah. And then maybe she was, I don't know, maybe she was waiting. Maybe she was nervous about calling the police or. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what. Yeah, I guess she freaked out once the accident first happened and, like, I guess straight maybe away you don't call you the police. You take a bit of time. Have a look. Process have a look at your car. Yeah. yeah. Um. So as she was driving back to the motel, she went off the road, hitting a set of guardrails. The damage was so bad it was going to cost $10,000 to fix it. And Maura was obviously upset and felt really, really bad. Yeah. Someone called AAA and the tow truck left the scene with Maura at 4.29am. The tow truck dropped her off at Fred's motel at 4.45am. Apparently she went into the lobby and fell asleep on the couch, but it's it's a bit hazy here. It's not exactly known how, 
but apparently the manager called the room to tell Fred that Maura was there and then let her into the room. But there are some accounts where Fred said, I didn't know she was there until I woke up the next morning. Yeah. And then everyone's like, well, how did she get into his room? Because at 5.38 a.m. Sunday morning from Fred's phone, it seems that Maura calls Billy, who is in Oklahoma. And also just take a note, I have seen differing times for this call, but yeah. nonetheless, um, she somehow got into Fred's, Fred's room, room that morning phone. and got his phone. I think she maybe left her phone um, with her back at the dorm or in the car yeah, or something like that. Could have been a flat battery. Yeah, fair enough. That's fine. Then at 5.49 a.m., Billy calls Fred's phone back. Apparently, Billy later tells his mum about this conversation and that they spoke about the car accident and he calmed her down and he says he'll call her back later that day. And I think that's totally fair. Like, if I got into an accident, I would be calling you yeah. and telling you about it. Um, and I believe there was a time, a small time difference in Oklahoma. So it is possible that he was up early, like getting ready yeah. for school or whatever. Yeah, no, you're definitely in shock after something like that happens and try yeah. to process it. And, like, you'd be a bit worried, especially, like, how are you going to pay for it, all this kind of different mm. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Later on, Maura was obviously still upset, but Fred reassured her it was okay and it would be covered by insurance. Fred takes Maura back to her dorm room around lunchtime, which is the last time he ever saw her. While his car is getting fixed, Fred drives home in a rental car. There were no calls until 8.36pm when she checked her voicemail. Then at 11.26pm, Maura calls her dad and they speak on the phone for the last time about the car and insurance for the car he tells her insurance will cover the damage and it'll get fixed and he also tells her she'll have to get some accident forms and fill them out and to call him the next night it is later confirmed that she did at some point go and pick up these forms because they were found in her car later mm, on okay. and again i think it's pretty normal like She's probably just, she's had a rough night. She probably sleeps all day. And then, you know, there's phone activity at 8.36 yeah. p.m. So she's probably just sleeping in a dorm room or chilling out. Well, yeah, she was up, like, very early. Yeah, all, all like, night, yeah. really. Exactly. So you'd definitely be wanting to sleep it off. And you probably wouldn't mm. want to get up and do anything after, you know, you'd be feeling bad. Probably just want to stay in bed and not yeah. do anything. Yeah, And I think it's it's good of her dad to be you know reassuring about the accident especially yeah. since that's the last time that he speaks to her and yeah exactly it's good that he was like it's fine you know insurance is covering it yeah it might have been a different story if he didn't have insurance yeah for yeah it, that's but, true um, yeah it's good that they, he had insurance and so he wasn't too worried about it and yeah, yeah reassured her now on to monday february 9th the day she went missing Police found on Maura's computer that she had been looking up rental properties in the White Mountain region of New Hampshire. She finished up on her computer around 4am, still on Monday the 9th. Then, later that afternoon, she continued her search and looked up directions from Amherst, Massachusetts, to the Burlington, Vermont area. Her friend later said it was strange, especially since classes had just started back. 
Maura's in her dorm room, probably catching up on sleep after Sunday because there's not much activity. At some point, she submitted her nursing homework electronically and reportedly sent an email to her professors and work saying there had been a death in the family and that she would have to leave campus for the week, although there was no death in the family. Some people debate that it may have said family emergency, not death, but police have confirmed that it said death. Her friends and family do say this behaviour was out of the ordinary. Maybe she just needed to get away and that's why she did it. Yeah, so her family and friends say that like she definitely wasn't a liar Yeah. and stuff like that, but I don't think it's that crazy to think that she just wanted to get away. But, you know, when you want to have like a day off work, you don't say, I just want to have a day off. Like yeah, you make yeah. up an excuse usually. Yeah, that's true. That's what this, I kind of see it as. This seemed like, like that's a pretty extreme excuse though. To a go as far as death, like you could have just said, you know, um, yeah, that's my grandfather's true. very sick. I wanted to spend the week with him or something like that's that. That's true. Maybe it's just like, but, I guess, an easy thing to say. And then people yeah. won't question it. They'll yeah, be like, okay, yeah. no worries. No one really likes to delve into that kind of stuff. So yeah. they would have left her alone. But anyway, at 12.55 p.m., she calls the owner of a condo in the North Conway Bartlett. New Hampshire area seeking information about renting a condo. The call lasted for three minutes and no condo was rented. Unfortunately, police never spoke to this woman that Mara Mora spoke to on the phone. By the time anyone asked her about it, she couldn't remember anything because the call was so short. Note that her family took holidays in the Bartlett uh, and White Mountains area regularly ever since Mora was a child. Fred says this town is familiar to Mora and she knew the area well. Plus, they had hiked various mountains there multiple times. Around 1 to 1.30pm, Maura emails Billy. The email said she loved him and sorry she didn't return his earlier messages, as she didn't feel like talking. Maura calls her UMass voicemail twice. Then, at around 2.05pm, she makes a call to a reservations phone line for hotels in the Stowe and Vermont area. The line was out of order when she called, so she could listen to reservations, but couldn't actually make a booking. About 13 minutes after that phone call, she calls Billy, but gets his voicemail. She leaves a message saying sorry, she missed him, and that she would call him back. Apparently, it went to voicemail because Billy was on the phone to Maura's friend Kate. Then, Billy tries to call Maura back multiple times, but his calls go unanswered. A lot of people think that's weird, like, she was trying to call Billy, but why was Billy on the phone to Kate? Some people think that's a, like a bit of a bit of an important moment there in the right. timeline. Like, what were they, you know, what were they discussing? Why was I'm he talking sure. to her friend Kate? Well, maybe maybe they were friends. Maybe because he knew about the crash with Maura. Yeah, he just wanted someone that could keep an eye on her. Yeah, and see how she was doing. That's true. I I never re- like I never found in my research that they knew each other because remember, she's transferred from West Point to. That's UMass, true. then Kate's a friend from UMass, I think. But, I mean, they could have definitely met each other. Yeah, and you kind of start to learn who, Your f- her who friends their friends are. are, yeah. That's true. Um, because they'd be talking about them on their phone calls and everything. Yeah, that's done. true. That's, that's just something. So, yeah, maybe it was just Make calling, a note of that. Yeah, to just see how Maura was, how she was acting that night. Yeah. With the car crash and everything. Uh. But at some point, she packed a bag that is said to contain toiletries, makeup, workout clothes, school books, birth control pills, and several days of clothing. 
So it seemed like she was going on a trip somewhere. Mm -hmm. And also um, some people found that she had packed boxes in her dorm room, but Mm. some people say, was she packing up her dorm room? Other people say, did she just not? unpack them right well yeah you're not, not sure, sure about that because there's also those phone calls where she's looking into renting a condo yeah so she might have been wanting to be ready to move at 3 40 p.m morris stopped at an off-campus atm and withdrew 280 dollars, which almost emptied that account from the camera it appeared that she was alone after that she went to a local liquor store and purchased around 40 dollars worth of alcohol she bought a bottle of kalua vodka, Baileys, and a box of red wine. It's pretty good for $40. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We know this because there is a receipt apparently later found in her car by police. These ingredients are known to make a white Russian, a drink that Mora often drank. Around 4.30pm, police think Mora left the Amherst, Hadley, Massachusetts area and drove her car north towards New Hampshire. At 4.37pm, at an unknown location, phone records show she calls to check her voicemail. This was the last known call made from her phone. She didn't tell anyone that she was planning on leaving or why. Around 7.25pm, Mora crashes her car on Route 112 and is never seen again. Next episode, we're going to explore the timeline starting from the accident. And then we'll go all the way to the theories about what people think happened tomorrow and maybe what we think happened. Yeah, so we're going to delve into kind of the end part of this story. We've gone through all the timeline. We've given you most of the information. Mm-hmm. Now we get to go through the juicy stuff. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed. and Yeah, if you did enjoy it, just uh, look out for part two. Bye, guys.